Hello. Oh my God, it's us again. I can't believe it. It's another Riot Act Reviews. Two in a week for us over here on the on the, the world's busiest podcast. Maybe. Probably not. I mean, there's that guy. Oh man, what's his name? He's been in the news recently. The Spotify guy. The Neil Young guy. <laughs> the Neil... The, that guy. He's yeah. He does quite a few as well. He does quite but, a few. Um, all of our ones are relatively uncontroversial, comparatively, <laughs> I would say. My name's Stephen Hill. Thank you very much for joining us on another podcast where we focus in on one album and we talk about said album. And I'm joined, as ever, by Renfrey Deadman, who is looking a bit better after his COVID troubles over the past week or so. You feeling a bit better, Renfrey House, today? Yeah, um, I I had an incredibly long sleep last night, um, really, really long, uh, and I feel generally much better. I can still feel, you know, it's still there, but Mm -hmm. I can uh, can speak in a slightly higher register. I'm generally feeling a little bit more human and really excited to be reviewing this record, actually, today. Absolutely. So, like I say, this is where we review a brand new album of some note, and we're going to be talking this episode about Never Let Me Go. By Placebo, or as Renfrew likes to call them, Place Bois. Place Bois. Place Bois. Uh, the eighth studio album from the legendary glam indie rockers, a follow-up to 2013's Loud Like Love album, although there was that 2016 EP, Life's What You Make It. Uh, there's also an MTV Unplugged thing that they did in that time. But So it's not like this is, God, we haven't seen Placebo for nine years and suddenly they've come back. They've been around quite a bit. No. On yeah. that note, um, the MTV Unplugged, just as an aside, is very, very, very good. Uh, one of yeah. you, you, you know it, brilliant. Yeah, one of those Unplugs where they really um, take their songs and sort of um, tear them apart and then put them back together again. It's actually well worth uh, checking out. It's not yes. just acoustic versions of their songs. So yes. But as, before as we get aside. into placebo, which Renfrey's just done, and Renfrey spent ages reminding me that we can't just get straight into the review. And then off he goes straight into talking about the well, album that we're not even talking about. I didn't think we, I didn't think it'd come up very often. MT, Placebo's MTV Unplugged, so I thought that was an opportunity to to say it. That's all. Yes, it, uh, it is good actually. It's very good. I remember that coming out. It is good. A yeah. couple of things. If you're listening, watching us on the YouTube channel, I don't know why I put the least important thing first. You can might be able to see slightly off camera. There's a grotty old Slayer T-shirt and a pair of my pants drying on the radiator. But and you can win them in a competition. <laughs> you can win them in a competition. That's one bit of news. Slightly better bit of news. We have a sponsor. We have a sponsor for the show, and we're going to talk about said sponsor very quickly. Now, it's those good folks at 2000 Trees Festival. So, we want to say a massive, massive thank you to 2000 Trees for sponsoring the podcast, for being part of the podcast. I think if you've listened to the show or anything that we've done over the years, you'll probably be aware that we are a pretty big fan of this festival, just yeah. from lineup, ethos, setup, vibe, all the stuff. It is legitimately a really fucking cool festival yeah 2000 trees is wonderful it's one of the best festivals in the uk in my opinion um it's absolutely wonderful do you want to do a little lineup run through or am i doing it or what do you want to I-, I can do that so i mean i've got the lineup in front of me here we should say by the way it takes place this year from the 6th to the 9th of july at, like say upcoat farm in cheltenham and it's been a few years since the festival has taken place. Yeah. And if you are a fan, like for me, you know, when I used to go to Reading, I think that's the, one of the great things about 2000 Trees is for those people who went to Reading and was like, oh, what a really good chance to watch this really cool alternative rock band at a festival. 
now reading has changed and now download is a bit well not even now but because download is a little bit sniffy about some of these bands it's a place where you can go and actually watch the likes of idols thrice jimmy Eat world turnstile dinosaur pile up creeper pup the get up kids mccluskey royal republic anti-flag rolo tomasi laura jane grace can't swim lonely the brave crossfaith stick to your guns Pulled Apart by Horses, No Devotion, we did a podcast on No Devotion, how much we like that debut album with them, good to see them coming back. Palm Reader, perennial favourites of the podcast. Bloody Ginger Wild Art, the legendary Ginger Wild Art is playing 2000 Trees as well. Puppy, love Puppy, and their kind of Weezer meets Van Halen riffs. Kid Capici, who did a song... um, well, the last song of theirs I heard, I thought it was with Bob Villain. I thought it was really, really good. Bob Villain himself was playing. Foxjaw, again, who we've been very, very positive about on, on this um, this podcast. Goddamn. I'm just going through the stuff that I happen to like. Ooh. Nervous, Blood Command, Preston Miko, Haggard Cat. There's loads. Leached. There's fucking yeah. loads of stuff Clip here. Drip. I'm still going, still going. In Technicolor. In Technicolor. Ithaca. Ithaca. Um, Harriet playing, they're great. Harriet, yeah, yeah, creature, uh, witch elm, higher power. There's a lot in there. There is a lot. I mean, that's just the stuff that I personally want to go and see. Hmm. Yeah, just a a really nice concoction of kind of indie punk rock bands, alternative rock bands, heavy bands, kind of not heavy in the denim and leather metal clad sense, but in the sort of the genuinely sort of abrasive heavy alt extreme world mm-hmm. a very eclectic good band you know where can you see knock loose and jimmy world together not many places can at 2000 trees uh we'd love to see you there at 2000 trees and thank you very much for them to uh, for, for sponsoring the podcast if you would like to book a ticket, and I think you should, you can get 10% off of an already very reasonably priced ticket at 2000treesfestival.co.uk forward slash tickets and enter the promo code RIOTACT. And it doesn't matter what kind of case, lower or upper, you do with that promo code. RIOTACT, all one word, 2000treesfestival.co.uk forward slash tickets. Uh, 2000trees, it's going to be a good time, I think. Mm. You excited? You excited? I'm really excited about 2000 Trees. Really excited. Yeah. I know about some super brilliant stuff which is happening at Trees, which I cannot wait for. So, yes, mm. um, I'm sacrificing going to see Pearl Jam in Hyde Park to go to 2000 Trees. So that's how much oh, what I'm a bloody What a bloody martyr. Yes. Yes, quite. Yeah, uh, yes, all, I am. <laughs> what I've always wanted to be called. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I've always thought that yeah. Placebo would make a really good headliner for 2000 Trees. Yeah. Just to swim into that review, I don't know if um, you noticed the joins there, but I thought that was quite. I think everyone noticed them. Yes. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Mm. Uh, but uh, your feelings on that? Do you think that um, that could ever potentially happen? Are placebo too big? Blah blah blah. blah. Well, I don't know really because when you think uh, placebo at this point are kind of an arena band, a kind of cult arena band. I have said actually like, in my notes, I've put at this point placebo feel like a really big cult band we've spoken quite yeah. a lot about different types of cult band you think you know they play similar size venues to uh i guess idols idols did four nights at brixton academy recently mm-hmm. um last time i went to 2000 trees enter shikari headlined mm-hmm. and obviously they are now firmly established as an arena band so i don't see why placebo wouldn't would be completely out of reach for 2003 they would be a big headliner mm. undoubtedly oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a big headliner mm. um because 
have placebo done the o2 i believe they have once done the o2 they right? did the o2 on battle for the sun if i'm mm-hmm. remembering correctly yes um mm. uh, i think that was probably a one-off i don't really know i wasn't there but yes they have done the o2 once before i'm sure i'm sure yeah i mean look getting into the review now so the new placebo album i you know i, I we did we did a writer's review on their 1996 debut album uh, a little while back I have said before, I don't really listen to Placebo that much these days. I think that first pair of albums are the ones that I listen to and I kind of know. Mm -hmm. And then Meds as well, which I listened to really off the back of the first single from that Infrared, which I thought was fucking brilliant. And I was like, oh, this is a really good album as well. But I've not listened to loads of their back catalogue, even though everything I've ever actually fully sat down and listened to, I really, really like their covers album, the MTV thing, the kind of other little odds and sods I've heard, all the singles. I always really like Placebo and it's weird to me that I only really know, fully know, probably like three of their albums or now Mm. four. Mm. Um, But I know you have, Renfrey. You know Placebo. I I, I certainly, their, you know, studio albums um I, I i know all of their studio records i'm familiar with all their studio records um i'm going to be ranking them soon for louder.com so um i'm i'm aware of uh, everything that they've done i i mean don't know how much i delve into b-sides and stuff like that but i'm certainly a pretty big placebo fan and mm-hmm. for the main you know in the main i would say that they uh, have been relatively consistent as a band the only album of theirs that personally i didn't really get on with at all is was the one previous to this one loud like love which i thought was an interesting experiment and and i mean they they went for something different so i i kind of i don't begrudge them doing it um at all um but it didn't quite work for me um so i was a little trepidatious going into this record uh to be fair uh but spoiler alert i needn't have been uh but yes that's my view on placebo overall generally Mm -hmm. good all right well that's our views on placebo i guess when placebo are good i think they're amazing i mean again uh to hammer it home i think we probably could have done their debut album as a classic album for me yeah. i think it's fucking amazing and there's more than enough i mean especially the, i mean the way they were treated early on in the press and stuff like that there's a, there's a lot of interesting things to go into certainly and mm. a lot of very eye-rolling 90s um you know uh i, I guess homophobia homophobia yeah and stuff like that and just completely misunderstanding where the band were coming from blah 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 so we absolutely could have made that classic album maybe we'll return to it one day i don't know yeah maybe um but but you know in terms of me going oh, i wonder what placebo sound like in 2022 i didn't really know particularly what i was going to get but i think because they're a band with like brian marco has got such an instantly recognizable voice yeah he's got such an instantly recognizable voice i think placebo as a band to me from my I'm going to say limited. I'm, it feels silly. It feels weird to say limited knowledge when there's when they're a band. I actually listen to Placebo quite a lot. I just listen to a you know a couple a, of records, a, a couple of records which I think are fucking fantastic. But I think those records have such a strong personality in his guitar tone, the way you know his guitar style. Not even really the tone, but the kind of the style of that kind of uh jangly riffing he kind of uses all the strings. He kind of strums all the strings, mm-hmm. doesn't he, Brian Malko? He's got a kind of like um 
I can't I can't really think of what the word is. I'm I'm really kind of struggling for the word. But he doesn't he doesn't riff like metal riffy, and it's not kind of jangly no, like indie guitar. But it's somewhere in the middle of those. It's a little two bit things, looser, I, I guess. Yeah. Than the yeah, yeah. metal riffing and stuff. Uh, that's certainly true of the first couple of records. I'm sort of just trying to think. You know, does Brian do that now? But um, he plays a lot less guitar than he used to, I think, or, or, or a little bit less anyway. It's certainly, mm. I mean, the way that Placebo has changed over the years, I think it's been a gradual change, but they're definitely, I mean, if you if you listen to their first album, then you listen to this one, you would mm. almost think it were two different bands, almost. Um, but certainly they've expanded. I mean, they, you know, they've been through a, a couple of drummers and I think after their last drummer left Steve Forrest, I want to say, I might be getting that wrong. Um, they sort of decided to continue on in, a, in the sort of feeder way of like, well, we're just going to have revolving drummers. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, the two, Stefan and, and Brian, the, the two guys in Placebo, basically. But live, I have seen them with seven eight musicians on stage something like that yeah and they really expand everything out and um, they'll have like strings and stuff and lots of backing vocals and lots of synths and i think the placebo sound the latter day placebo sound certainly from maybe battle for the sun onwards maybe even meds i mean it's difficult to know exactly when this began to happen because it really does feel like a gradual process but it, it has become a far, far more expansive thing. And I think that has really uh, come to fruition in the studio on this record, because this feels like the most the most um, things that they have drawn from and brought into one record that I can think of from any of their back catalogue. Um, right, okay. I was going to say that maybe, to me, it felt maybe like that was just to, you know, in terms of comparing this to, like, the first album or the first couple of albums is that maybe not down just down to the constraints of money and what they're able to i mean particularly on their first album i guess you know like i think those i think they always felt like quite an ambitious band even though they initially didn't have maybe didn't have loads of money or loads to work with you know i always felt like there was uh there's that that kind of glammy androgynous grandiosity about placebo which means that i think the through line from that first record through to this without really knowing the stops in the middle i can definitely see it hmm. you know i think they're that they, they, they do have an incredibly strong sense of self placebo. oh yeah oh their identity yeah. is very very strong yeah and the way that the first song forever chemicals starts it just grabbed me immediately i think they write that riff they do write these really kind of shimmeringly brilliantly catchy riffs placebo and it was almost like a kind of it's not really a guitar riff it's more like a kind of electronic riff an electronic stab an very, electronic pulse if yeah, you like very strange electronic sounds which sort of give you an idea of the direction that this album is going in straight away it feels mm. a little bit um reductive to call this placebo's electronic album because they've had electronics in their music for i mean well taste in men from black market music um i guess pure morning even i mean i can't think of many on the first record but you know they have no. electronics has been a part of that for a long time i think the way that they're integrated on this record uh makes it very much feel like a it's seamless and b those electronics feel essential you know that mm. riff is almost entirely that kind of strange industrial and electronic build-up stuff so uh yeah absolutely. yeah it was i was drawn to it really i mean 
it's I, like for me the 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 bullseye like um comparative point to it would be something from um the sort of the third to fifth depeche mode albums when they mm-hmm. were making their own sort of noises they were they were sampling they were hit, like hitting stuff and then sampling it and looping it and stuff mm-hmm. and i was like oh there's a bit of a kind of clanging you know construction time again some yeah. great rewards era depeche mode um on this and i just like for me that's that's always going to be something that i go oh good mm-hmm. <laughs> and um i think brian sounds fucking great on it as well again like you know a voice not dulled by time not kind of ravaged by time at all you know he sounds pretty much as uh as good as he did when you when you when i heard him in 1996 i think i think he sounds better to be yeah he probably does sound better actually if you go back to the first record um brian's vocals are a little reedy um Mm. they're not very full and you know that that's just because he's had a lot of practice in the uh, in the interim and um it's become a much better vocalist but he certainly hasn't lost any power um of his voice i think um i think it can be quite a marmite voice and and i understand that sometimes when you get quite nasally voices it can be a love it or hate it thing but personally i've always loved brian's vocal uh, yeah brian's vocals brian's vocals i think they're great so. i do yeah i mean i think the second track beautiful james sound like classic placebo mm. to me it's got this oh. really fantastic lilting vocals that are just instantly in your head he's got a really good knack for writing a a unusual hook brian mulco yeah. and it's got that propulsive again that sort of propulsive beat that dips in the verses swells in the choruses choppy guitar parts that kind of thrash and then soar into the choruses you know that kind of glammed up pixies quiet quiet loud thing yeah. that they do glammed is up pixies is a great shout for that song. is is yeah. is kind of to me is classic placebo and i was like ah oh, this is this is what i like about this band it's a I, really really good placebo song i love that song it's so upbeat and and it just makes me happy when it's on it's got those silly spacey synths in it which just make me smile um apparently the song was written during a period of painful insomnia uh, which you wouldn't have got at all from the music mm. certainly um but an excellent excellent song love it yeah really good um brian marco is a good vocalist he's not always a good lyricist mm. yes <laughs> right so there's a sort of thumpy glam rock beat to the next song called hugs and th- you know it's not a terrible song but a hug is just another way of hiding your face. Oh, that's not a great lyric, right? That's a pretty bad. Uh, I, 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 it's 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 not wonderful. I, Brian's done far far worse than that in the past. Yeah. I kind of expect, like at least a couplet, at least one or two couplets every single album, which mm. will stand out in that Brian Mulco kind of way. I mean, on the last, um, on the last. Uh, album it was my computer thinks i'm gay i had to throw that piece of shit away just Mm. to give a bit of perspective (laughs) so to be (laughs) honest with you i didn't really because Mm. because of that was the thing that was in my mind um i didn't uh, yes you're not wrong i mean i almost kind of prefer that that's that's much more the eye holes in a paper bag style thing, which you know which is a you know one of the most famous lyrics and yeah. it's kind of so so ridiculous it's almost great so 
uh well i think it's so ridiculous it is great actually but um but that's the thing isn't it i think i do actually think brian moko's lyrics do sometimes um affect that kind of so bad they're great thing mm. sometimes you know i mean um the lyrics like ollie sykes <laughs> sure except without oh, the first part's definitely true right yeah <laughs> um, I mean look at the look at the, I mean you know the lyrics to Pure Morning like for example it's just fucking nonsense like, it mm. doesn't mean anything oh yeah but, awful yeah yeah, yeah yeah really quite bad but a great song but I mean song, that, that, yeah. that song is so good that the, the lyrics can't ruin it just don't I notice think. it yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I mean you, well you notice it <laughs> but it, it doesn't ruin it whereas Hugs I was like it's not quite good enough a song I mean it's not the worst I mean the next song Happy Birthday in the Sky again good song but it's the lyrics are like Flight of the Concords do you know we were talking about Flight of the Concords recently like Happy Birthday in the Sky like I, I you know there's talk about kind of medicine and depression and yeah. again sort of fairly classic placebo fare um I guess if I was looking at stuff from a glass half full perspective, I would say that song couldn't be any other band. Quite. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I would say that maybe, maybe because I'm more well versed with placebo, maybe I'm just used to uh, Brian Mulco's lyric style. Sometimes it might be that maybe I'm, maybe I'm simply used to it, but I have to say, I thought the songs on this record were so good I barely ever noticed uh, lyrical clang, which I think is mm. saying quite a bit. For well, I, I think it's it. It all depends on the quality of the, the rest of the song surrounding it, right? Yeah. So to go through the song, I mean, there's a song, "The Prodigal," is is really good. It's got the uh, official Biff, Biffy Clyro string quartet <laughs> sound that we've all come to love from the Bifters over the years. But it really works well. It's like a kind of placebo Biffy Clyro song. I thought it was really good. Really, well, that, really love. I mean, the, the the main that is written primarily around a string quartet, as far as I can tell. Mm. That song, mm. you know, like, and and there's no way that placebo would have attempted something like that. First, first record, no. second record, probably even the third. You know, so and and but and they really, really pull it off. You've got this ghostly female vocals which back it up, and it, it builds to an amazing climax. I mean, it could sound very mawkish on paper, but in practice, it's really bittersweet euphoric song and i think it's one of the key moments of this album it's, it's I, I could kind of imagine it you know when itv are showing like a um a, a mixture of like football goals and stuff like that and they have yeah. something in the background to to, to <laughs> football uh, goals, football goals. <laughs> Uh, you know what hey I guys, mean. coming up next on ITV, football goals. <laughs> football goals. Football goals. But you know Ooh, that they need a piece, piece of music, a piece of music to 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 underscore that um that uh, all that football footage. goals. Football goals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that could be a contender for that it's it feels like their planet earth mm. moment their secret roast planet earth moment do you yeah know what I mean? it's I great duran duran this is how different me and renfrey is when he said planet <laughs> earth i was like I'm not sure they'd use planet earth more like they probably use um uh rio or you know well, I, was, I, was, Prayer or something. I was referring to the planet earth documentary and them using and all that oh yeah yeah okay That's so i thought you meant planet earth by duran duran which is i mean objectively they 
Duran Duran got there first, didn't they? So you know, they, they they win. Like they're better than David Attenborough. Um, anyway, but here's the thing: I was I didn't really want to gloss over the prodigal because I think it's really good. But in terms of the point, to go back to the point I was making about if the song is good, the lyrics won't be a problem. Surrounded by spies is v- like that is very construction time again era Depeche Mode. Yeah, um, even Black Celebration era Depeche Mode. I think. I mean, I really like. Malko's vocals on this I think that ultra repetitive refrain that he he uses and he like you know again I don't know every single placebo album of the eight but from the the three that I am familiar with he does have that he does kind of hit those that kind of repetitive thing a fair few times over his career it feels like a thing that he's done that's probably fair yeah yeah um and I think in this context it works really well I think dead fly on the national anthem is a lyric that is well flies on like that feels like an, an a direct nod to flies on the windscreen from black celebration by depeche mode and the way that the song sounds as well i couldn't help but go but because it sounds more up to date it's more like kind of playing the angel era depeche mode which is like 2005 rather than going back to 1986 okay. um but loads of depeche mode all over that song and again some of the lyrics you could be like you know dead fly on the national anthem what the fuck does that mean but it kind of because it's this kind of clanging robotic synth driven uh cold world that they create on that song it doesn't really matter doesn't really matter that you go what the fuck's he on about like you don't really yeah. think that because the song's so good yeah, it really works for me surrounded by spies i thought it was a great yeah. song i think it's a single um it evoked taste in men again there's a few songs on here if you like Taste in Men, which was one of the biggest placebo singles for a long time. I think it's yeah, yeah. I remember now. that coming out. Yeah, but yeah, it was was a huge single for them. Mm. Um, there's quite a lot of material which I feel like evokes that sort of style of placebo, but without completely retreading old ground. Um, mm. And I think Surrounded by Spies is one of those examples, definitely. Yeah, I think it's followed up by a very suave, classic-sounding placebo song. Um, Try better next time. Mm-hmm. really catchy i mean that, yep. that after surrounded by spies i didn't think like i thought it was a little bit of a, i felt like i knew that songs like this were going to be on the album mm-hmm. it doesn't make it a bad song particularly felt a little bit placebo by numbers by to to me to be perfectly honest but i, I think bad. it is but i think it's good placebo by numbers yeah. i think it's okay to pad out placebo albums with those kind of songs you know because mm. I, I i i like that song it's not it's not one of my favorites from the record but i think that's a decent song do you so. want to know what my favourite song from the record is? Yeah, go on. Sad White Reggae. Ah. Probably my favourite song on the record. I fucking love this. Okay. This is amazing. This is fucking amazing. It reminds me of Duran Duran on Rio, Franz Ferdinand on their first album, and Biffy Clyro on Puzzle with Brian Moko on vocals. Ooh. It's well good. It's well good, this song really fucking great it's a very kind of pained specific set of lyrics again talking about going up to dundee on a train and getting thin and not feeling fleshy and it was one of those things where i was like again because the song's so good i don't actually think the lyrics are bad at all on this song i don't think they're bad i think they're very descriptive i think they're descriptive descriptive and clearly very specific about specifically about something yeah i don't really know what that thing is because it is so specific but but that I liked... made it better for me personally. it did yeah yeah mm. it did that's exactly what i was about to say i think you, you do you just kind of go with 
the the story even if you don't know what the story is because it feels very very um uh very it feels very real you know? well it becomes irrelevant what it's about and instead you end up focusing on the emotion of whatever that thing that happened to the protagonist of the song you know how it made them feel so i actually think that could be a very clever device but i mean yeah certainly i think the lyrics on that song are great like i think it's a beautifully evocative song definitely i i, I, I and, and it's one of the best songs on the record I, it's not my absolute i don't know what my favorite i mean my favorite is probably the prodigal to be honest but okay. it is it is a fantastic yeah it's a great song yeah i think it's wicked i think like that is um that is something i've not really heard them do before i don't okay. know if you'll say any different i mean it still sounds like placebo ultimately mm. it still sounds like placebo but i think there's a lot of cool shit going on that is like a very like a, just a great mix of of um stylistic ideas that kind of work really well and um that kind of because i mentioned franz ferdinand that kind of noughties indie thing which we've slagged off a lot right mm. we have slagged off that a lot but twin demons reminded me of the bravery right <laughs> and i know that people will go oh god the bravery fucking hell but i think placebo are a much classier band than the bravery obviously because yeah. the bravery had one song yeah. two maybe if you own the album like me um but that distinctive drum pattern that all of those fucking bands used yeah. all of those bands use that drum pattern yeah in in yeah they all used yeah 15 years ago they all used it and it was exhausting like every song coming in but 15 down years down the line with a new band or not a new band but with another band who aren't who haven't been who've never been reliant on that drum pattern at all and it's not very zeitgeisty anymore using it now it sounds really good rather than it sounding exhaustingly overused i think it sounds like it sounds you go it's a really cool drum beat 15 years ago i'd have been like oh come on placebo don't use that fucking don't fall in line with everyone else but placebo are not a band who've ever lived in that beat before which means that's a really cool thing for them to do i think and it just goes to show that in the hands of the right band anything can be good any kind of stylistic change i mean the the reason you you kind of people roll their eyes about those those bands that we talk about is because a lot of them most of them were chances and they were just going off oh, we put this beat on it and we wear like and we get fucking a, a guy with really good cheekbones and curly hair to wear a a leather jacket and hang around Camden and wear skinny jeans and go <laughs> then um we'll sell loads of records and headline Reading and unfortunately, unfortunately loads of people fucking fell for it in the noughties but now it's yeah. gone away you go in the hands of the right band that is a perfectly good tool to utilize for your music and this is proof of that I think it all comes down to sort of um uh how far outside of yourself that you're looking for for your influences with music so you know i think placebo look at lots and lots and lots and lots of different things um for influence um and uh i'm not convinced that those bands did i think they just looked around themselves and therefore it became very repetitive and very annoying very quickly um that that didn't occur to me um i've got to say but i mean yeah i can see what you're saying absolutely and um 
yeah, this is a it's, a, it's another great song. I'm I'm I you know I'm I'm pretty much there's very few songs, even the songs that I'm not as keen on on this record, like Hugs, for example, which I think is okay. Uh, you know, I don't think are bad songs at all. There isn't a single song I'd skip on this record, personally. No, I mean I think the the quality does go up and down. For mm. me, Twin Demons is cool. Mm. I thought Sad White Reggae was better. It can't, you know, and you mentioned um, Prodigal, which and Try Better Next Time. I was like, yeah, it's all right. Mm-hmm. But we do get. I think it kind of goes up and down a fair bit because again, the next song, Chemtrails is one of the, another one of the album highlights for me it's fucking fantastic even though it's really kind of fairly standard sounding placebo but i just think it's an amazing song i just think it's a brilliant song i think it feels like it could have been lifted from without you i'm nothing does that feel ah. like a, a mad thing to kind of Don't say because mad, no? um but it also doesn't feel it, it feels like it literally could have been lifted from that era because it doesn't feel like they as a band have aged at all i mean i guess when we talk about bands getting older and having to grow old gracefully and you know usually we're talking about you know slayer hard for slayer to grow old gracefully when their whole reason for existing is to play really 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 fast right yeah and that's all that they were ever going to try and do pretty much Hmm. um obviously don't fucking tweet me and go have you not heard south of heaven i've heard south of heaven of course i've heard south of heaven but you get what I'm saying, right? They all—it's yeah. all about like rah, brutal, brah, like anger, and uh, certainly and when you get a bit 90% older, percent of their career, yeah, yeah, you slow down and you're a bit like, oh. and when you get to like Repentless and you know uh, Christ Illusion and those sort of albums, where it's hard. Whereas Placebo, because of the the manner of the music they make, it means they, if they want to do that stuff from earlier in their career, I think they can do it to a almost identical standard they're probably better songwriters they're obviously much more in tune with what it is about them that makes them them and i think chemtrails is it's just got a massive fucking fuck off chorus it sounds like classic placebo it also reminds me a little bit of we spoke about um wild type droid by failure last year which is one of my favorite albums of last year and it's got a bit of that on it as well it's got that kind of you know get in get out tag a huge chorus in the middle of it this is not rocket science but it just it it can't not work and there's a fair bit of like um fuck brexit and sort of fuck uh being part of a um i i don't i don't know how would you, you say it there's a a kind of uh a, more like a sort of fuck nationalism and um just fuck sort of insular thinking which i think comes across with uh, a fair bit of acerbic anger from brian on it as well which i, I thought was an interesting uh, lyrical stance for the band to be taking yeah it's become i mean i think chemtrails is a a, a blueprint for a latter-day placebo song in a lot of ways and i don't mean that as a bad thing necessarily because i think they've really hit on something great i have a huge fondness for um their battle for the sun album and and chemtrails reminds me of a lot of the material from that and i think things that they've been doing since meds and things they've kind of really they always had an identifiable sound but they've really really grown into it and certainly those things you were talking about growing gracefully into it i mean i I think undoubtedly placebo are better songwriters now than they were in their early days and that's not discounting the early albums because i really like them but 
they are definitely better songwriters like undoubtedly the way that they can bring these songs together and stuff like that um did you want to talk about this is what you wanted I want to talk about every single song on the okay. album, pretty much, okay. I think. Yeah. Um, that's another highlight for me. This is what you wanted. I think this yep. album has um, got a few hi- highlights and quite a few of them come towards the end of the album. I really like the way mm. the album kind of slows down, which would, is Same. more kind of as we get past the song, really. But Chomping this sounds like... To get, on, to get there, but yeah, you carry on. Yeah. That's cool. <clears throat> this sounds like Hey, Hey, My, My by Neil Young mixed by, with Clocks by Coldplay. <laughs> uh, with Brian Moko on vocals, again. Um yeah. The piano sounds lovely. He sounds great. The vocal hooks are all over the place. It's very subtle. It's really classy. It's fucking excellent. That's all I've got to say, really. Yeah, I, I, I will just, I will just second all of those things so that we can get mm. on to went missing. Yeah, went missing right now. Like I say, the way that this album kind of slows down and ends on something of a melancholic note, I think, is one of the best things about the record, personally. Yeah. You're Agree. nodding your head. Yeah, I you love agree. it. Yep. That's good. Um, uh, th- I mean, the last song, I thought this is what you wanted, is, is great. I'm not sure that Went Missing is actually quite as great, but it does sound like the Pet Shop Boys at the start, kind of please era Pet Shop Boys. I don't use that lightly as a comparison. Um, but I think this is, a fuck- this is where this album really starts to kind of slow down more. It is a very, very good song. I think the cool descending chord sequence that comes in about a minute and a half away from the end is brilliant. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. Mm. It is very good, this. I do actually think this is what you wanted is slightly better. Mm -hmm. But as the first of, I guess, the trilogy to close this album out, this is where we get to an interesting part of the record for me. Yeah, I like this song. I like this song a lot. Um... Interesting that it evokes the Pet Shop Boys for you. For me, it evoked David Bowie, uh, especially when Molko is sort of quite deeply intoning the I fell off the face of planet Earth, I went missing for a living, which felt like it could have come Mm. straight from Bowie's mouth almost. Um, It sort of reminded me of Bowie's Earthling album, although, you know, not in a maligned sense, because, you know, obviously that's a hit and miss album for a lot of people, but the earthling album but like updated a little bit i thought it was really quite beautiful this song um i think it is eclipsed even further by the the next song but i i do really like this and and i don't know i know there's a there's a you know there was a strong relationship between bowie and placebo and i don't know whether it was very much Marco's intention to evoke uh, bowie or not but it was very strong for me I, i i can't listen to this song without thinking of bowie they had a pretty good close relationship didn't they bowie and placebo well bowie took placebo out um i believe a few times and i, I want to say around the uh without you it's I'm not, in a, not in a sniper that's he took them out on tour by the way <laughs> i should say it's not not in a sort of sniper way sure i'm sure most people were thinking that so thank you for correcting me there <laughs> yeah. uh it's, um, not, it's not very nice is it Renfrew? people <laughs> unnecessarily correct you like a pedant <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair play fair play uh he's on he's on that he's on a version of the title track from without you i'm nothing as well There's yeah a version he is, which yeah, features yeah. bowie which is mm. excellent yeah uh yes mm. so yeah went missing i love it but yeah very fix good yourself is another kind of another slow one i mean it's close sorry i should have said actually because i did say oh the first of three it's the second of three went missing isn't it because but the yeah. three that closed yeah. the album out this is what you wanted went missing fix yourself 
another sort of slow bass driven one seems to borrow the synth hook from the beach by all saints which i liked <laughs> which is cool very subtle very angry and subtly angry this song is isn't it yeah. quiet seething rage don't always necessarily think of placebo as a angry band but actually they are they do appear to have a sort of acerbic there's a real nihilistic um streaked placebo which i think i oft even i often forget about even i with my knowledge of three <laughs> of their albums um but but i but three of their albums that i listen to a lot right um but yeah like i i'm always like oh yeah like i don't like, fuck placebo are actually quite a kind of scabrous band on some level even if it isn't sonically about loud guitars and screaming wailing power chords and all that kind of shit they are still like brian moko is moko is a moko who what was moko? I give a sound like a cup of coffee moko is uh, a lyricist and he delivers his lyrics with sometimes often very sort of subtle un restrained but seething intent and i did get that from fix yourself and juxtaposing that with that lovely bass line and the hook from the beach by all saints um very very cool something about a, a caucasian jesus in there which i was like okay well all right but a bit much, <laughs> but, but still fucking great like very good i i do i really like this song that seething anger i can completely uh get and identify i mean i think I think the way that placebo um, utilise anger is just it's just very uh, I don't know indirect or more inwards. It's the seething thing that absolutely works. It's never like you know you don't get screams on a placebo album or anything like that. I don't think you ever really have. Um, I mean, you, you say it, it nicked a hook. I, I the vocal melody from this uh, song is almost almost exactly how to disappear completely by radiohead uh which i'm sure is a subconscious steal um you know we all do it um but it doesn't really matter to me um because i think it's a really beautiful sort of smorgasbord of burbling electronica that somehow manages to evoke vangelis depeche mode and gary newman all whilst miraculously sounding fresh and modern because neither of those uh neither of those bands that it evokes are particularly fresh or modern um but i think it sounds like a really modern take on that stuff and i i think it is uh beautifully uh just yeah beautifully placebo way to end this record it's a it's a great great song um ending a really great record i mean eight albums in this is this is uh this is a really rock solid that's not even rock solid i think it's a really great placebo record personally i think it's very good I do. I think it's really, really good. I mean, look, I um, am speaking as a fairly casual fan, I guess. As someone who fucking... like, I've got the debut album on vinyl. I love it. I think Without You, I'm Nothing is a really good follow-up to it. I kind of dipped out of them at that point because, you know, I'm so into bloody hardcore, guys, that I just got into hardcore. I sort of forgot about Placebo. I got meds and I was like, this is good. This is really good. And then sort of forgot about them again because, oh my God, I'm such a big black metal fan, guys. <laughs> Not black metal, death metal fan or whatever. Um, but as someone who loves the stuff of theirs that that I love, right, I really couldn't have asked for much more from this record, really. I mean, it reminded me of how idiosyncratic this band are. Um, it reminded me of what great songwriters they are. And yep. I like it very, very much. I would say... 
looking at the track listing in front of me now, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's, there's, there's 11, 10, 10 of the 13 tracks on this album, I think are really good. I'd say there's probably one, two, three, four, five, six of the 10, I think are fucking top draw excellent, like right up there with the best of, the best of placebo. I'd have to say the best of placebo. But, um, so for me, there's, yeah, there's 10, 10 really good songs, yeah. six absolute worldies, and three that are perfectly Not good. Yeah, like okay. reasonable yeah. and serviceable yeah, yeah, yeah. placebo songs. Nothing and bad on for, this record. No, and for a band who are releasing an album, you know, 26 years after their debut came out, 36, 26 years? Is it 26 years? Fuck me, do the maths. Yeah, 26 years. 26 years yeah, yeah, yeah. after after their debut. I don't think you can... I, I think you'd be... You would be very, very un, unreasonable to to expect more than that from a band this deep into their career. Yes, I Incredible. I think even if you just went, there are six good songs on the 13 tracks here, I think that's about... That's where... I went into this going, if I get... If half of this is good, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think, way more than half of it I think is good. Way more than half of it is great. I think. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Placebo have made a career out of finding beauty in melancholy, haven't they? And never let me go. With this album, they marry that strange kind of elation with some of their most sumptuous, some of the most sumptuous musical compositions of their entire career. And you can't really ask for much more than that. I think this is a really, really strong record. Um, I. What with the nine-year gap between this and Loud Like Love and the fact that I didn't really get on with Loud Like Love at all. It's the only placebo record which I would say I don't like particularly at all. Um, I didn't think it was a, a, you know, I didn't think it was a hole-in-one. I didn't think it was like a, a, it was going to be clear that I was going to love this record. But I, I really, really do. I think it's absolutely fantastic. It's um, It's not far away from the quality of Battle for the Sun for my money, which is by far and away the best latter-day placebo album. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I even kind of go, I think it might even be my favourite placebo album. But um, yes, I think this is really, really, really strong. Really strong. And I really like it a lot. It's very, very good. If you're a fan, if you're someone like me, who's just been like, oh yeah, I liked placebo back in the day and then I didn't, I sort of dipped in and out and whatnot. Um... I would absolutely recommend this record. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's made me go fucking out. I should. I'm going to go back and listen to their albums properly now, because Battle for the Sun first. Well, yeah, I think that's one that a lot of people said that to me. Uh, Never let me go by Placebo comes out on Friday, the 25th of March. Not sure when this review is going up, but Friday, 25th of March, you'll be able to listen to it. I would suggest that you do do that. Thanks once again for listening. Thank you again to our sponsors at 2000 Trees. They all right being called sponsors? Some people don't like that, do they? Some people go, well, can you say partners? Well, we're obviously sponsoring it. You're obviously (laughs) sponsoring it, aren't you? Anyway, 2000treesfestival.co.uk forward slash tickets. Put in the code Riot Act. Uh, It doesn't matter. Just one word. It doesn't matter what. 
could try it all in big and little letters and see if it works. I mean, I would just write it out if I, I just write it out. If you're on, yeah, probably just write yeah. it out. But um, you'll get ten percent off of your weekend ticket, and we'll see you there. Mm-hmm. I'll buy you some good noodles if I see you there. I buy you some good noodles. Does that go for me as well? No. Are you going to buy your ticket from our discount code? Are you? Are you? You are. You're going to yes. do that, are you? Yes. Yeah, I'll do that. You're going to be able to prove that to me when I'm buying your noodles. I'm going to need proof of this, by the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. How are you yeah. going to prove that? I don't well, think you are, Renfrey. Um, um, you, the king of Arctangent, <laughs> paying for a festival ticket? Yeah, you're right. I doubt yeah, it. Good point. I doubt it. <laughs> couldn't pull that shit at Lollapalooza, mate. You no, think I you probably are? couldn't. I don't think. Or <laughs> Danny Wimmer Presents. Couldn't pull that. Couldn't pull the fucking... Shit you pull at these festivals. Unbelievable. Should we wrap this up? No, no, no. <laughs> Let me bully you more. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening, guys. There you go. Placebo Never Let Me Go is out now. As I said, go over to 2003 forward slash tickets. Get 10% off with the code RIAT, or one word. And we will see you for a, a weekly show coming Friday. And more reviews next week, probably. Don't know off the top of my head what that what that will be, but it might be something. See you later.